No man is more unhappy than he who never faces adversity, for he is not permitted to prove himself. That's Seneca. Meritocracy has long been a hallmark of free and prosperous societies. Whether deciding who is admitted to top universities or securing choice employment opportunities, selection based upon the ability to perform well has significant economic, political, and cultural advantages. Economically, it places the most productive and talented people where they can optimize scientific innovations, shape the applications of such breakthroughs, and then manage the commercial structures which bring new technology to the marketplace. Meritocracy thus encourages citizens to acquire the expertise to make them more productive than they otherwise would be, since the efforts over which they exert their control, like study, training, and career pursuits, yield returns independent of immutable characteristics such as family origin, tribe, nationality, or race. Meritocracy also produces moral and political advantages. It provides agency over individual destiny and disputes the fatalistic belief that the future is preordained by circumstances beyond our control. We also know that the converse to meritocracy engenders political factions and conflict. For example, when decisions are made based upon tribal affiliation or die, diversity, inclusion, equity, they make such identity an axis of political warfare. By excising from discussion questions about which traits deserve access to bride status, modern meritocratic democracy renders politics more tractable and less chaotic. Political outcomes then turn upon debate about whether and how much we should redistribute the wealth that meritocracy invariably generates. Multiculturalism, as that concept is commonly expressed in 21st century terms, is a grave threat to meritocracy. Multi-ethnicity can augment a meritocracy when diverse cultures become simply another input into a meritocratic system, but multiculturalism instead creates pressure to revolutionize or overhaul that system. If disparate cultures simply remain inputs into a grand melting pot, they enhance meritocracy, since new cultures bring distinctive virtues and character to a nation. Moreover, there is always danger that a dominant culture will become complacent and make meritocracy less productive than it could otherwise be. Openness to collisions between divergent cultures thus makes economic and cultural stagnation and conflict less probable. Practically speaking, multiculturalism also presents great peril. The problem is that, on average, members of different groups perform differently in educational and economic spheres. As the eminent Hoover Institute economist Thomas Sowell notes, quote, a society that puts equality and the sense of equality of outcome ahead of freedom will end up with neither equality nor freedom. The use of force to achieve equality will destroy freedom, and the force introduced for good purposes, will end up in the hands of people who use it to promote their own interests." End quote. When these differences occur, the groups doing poorly by comparison will be most inclined to use the levers of democratic politics to rectify such perceived injustices, even if it means departing from the basic rules underlying meritocracy. Or as Sol puts it, quote, if you have always believed that everyone should play by the same rules and be judged by the same standards, that would have gotten you labeled a radical 60 years ago, a liberal 30 years ago, 
and a racist today, end quote. But laws providing racial and ethnic preferences diminish the benefits of meritocracy. They make society less wealthy, as people are assigned places in education and business based upon characteristics unrelated to their productivity. They create new forms of political conflict because politics come to emphasize a person's race and ethnicity rather than their achievements. This also robs individuals of their dignity since their life journey is shaped by matters over which they exercise no agency. Once weaponized as an engine of group preference, multiculturalism can destroy the foundations of democratic institutions that were once meritocratic. In societies where privileges have been dispensed based upon nepotism, tribalism, or racism, adding new preference criteria does not alter the basic framework for structuring society. Formerly meritocratic societies like the United States and Canada once developed a set of norms celebrating achievement and the objective metric which determines them. But the cognitive dissonance injected by intersectional preferences puts even those objective criteria at risk. We have seen that when some groups do less well than others on tests, the claim arises that there must be something wrong with the tests. Consequently, many North American universities are relying increasingly upon subjective measures as admission requirements. This will inevitably make admissions more capricious and thereby reduce higher education's meritocratic selection process for everyone, not just for victimized groups entitled to affirmative action. As American author and economist Charles Murray puts it, quote, inequality of wealth grounded in unequal abilities is different. For most of us, the luck of the draw cuts several ways. One person is not handsome, but is smart. Another is not as smart, but is industrious. And still another is not as industrious, but is charming. This kind of inequality of human capital is enriching, making life more interesting for everyone. But some portion of the population gets the short end of the stick on several dimensions. As the number of dimensions grows, so does the punishment for being unlucky. When a society tried to redistribute the goods of humankind, Equally dangerous is the phenomenon whereby multiculturalism leads certain groups to turn against the very culture, i.e. Western civilization, most responsible for meritocracy and the rise of GDP and living standards worldwide. Such opposition is doubly ironic. First, Western civilization is itself the product of many cultures, including Greco-Roman philosophy and the Semitic religious culture from which Judaism and Christianity both arose. This premise is the main thesis presented by Ben Shapiro in his 2020 book entitled The Right Set of History, How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the West Great. Quote, The notion of all men having equal freedom and independence sprang originally from the biblical notion of man being made in God's image, admixed with the Greek tradition of individual reason and passed down generation after generation, transmuted over time into the understanding that not only are human beings made in God's image with will and reason, but with the liberty to exercise that will and reason in accordance with the pursuit of virtue." End quote. There most certainly have been Western thinkers, Marx for example, who have questioned meritocracy. But the utter rejection of Western tradition can be the most destructive of all to the meritocracy, because like any political structure, it rests upon the shoulders of giants, in this case, 
the foundational principles of individual responsibility and objective truth nurtured by the best cultural and philosophical strands of that proud tradition. This development also emphasizes the reality that we can only expect most institutions to change their criteria of evaluation to express diversity, inclusion, equity criteria to achieve the dubious goal of proportional representation of different intersectional groups comprising a multicultural society. By analogy, libertarian thinkers like Adam Smith welcome the existence of competing religions within a single society. They offered alternative frameworks for morals and social norms that could compete within the broad spectrum of religion. Such religions also influence one another to their mutual benefit, consider the Counter-Reformation, for example. The classically liberal religious value of tolerance, like meritocracy, had other economic, political, and cultural advantages to society. It allows a nation to employ its most talented people regardless of their religion. It simplifies politics, allowing it to focus in time on the axis of distribution. Nations like Canada and the U.S. showed how greater religious tolerance attracted desirable immigrants from around the world. Albert Einstein's immigration to the U.S. to escape religious persecution in Europe is but one example. The benefits of a multi-religious, multi-ethnic society are therefore made manifest. However, when religion becomes a matter of political disputation, it becomes destructive of social peace. Consequently, one of the early hallmarks of liberalism was to insist that questions of religious truth be separated from politics. Over time, liberal norms demanded that religion not be used to determine employment and educational opportunities. Religious schools were certainly permitted within this construct, but they were in a sense the exception which proved the rule. Islands of religious cohesion in an ocean of employment and educational decisions where religion was not a determining factor. They also had the intrinsic value of permitting believers to keep their faith alive, a value which was not in fundamental tension with meritocracy. Meritocracy can tolerate very confined exceptions to its norms. For instance, if it can be shown that some individuals or families deserve special consideration due to past discrimination by offending institutions, then some exceptions can be made for them as a matter of intrinsic justice. Moreover, the exception could be reconciled with basic meritocratic principles on the theory that, but for the past injustice, they would have a better chance at selection today. But that exception, sharply limited in scope, timing, and rationale, is entirely different from a diversity regime prescribing that die, or diversity, inclusion, equity, are always represented with a critical mass in our institutions. Cultural relativism laid the groundwork for multiculturalism in the West. Open immigration posed the challenge to liberal democracies of how to make new immigrants from divergent cultures adopt the shared values of host nations like Canada. Multiculturalism offered an easy solution by encouraging new immigrants to maintain their native cultures with the tacit understanding that there would be no recrimination over the West's alleged history of colonialism, imperialism, and racial discrimination. But then something quite expected began to occur. Open immigration became openly abused. Then the revolution in transportation by wide-body jetliners blurred the distinction between immigrants and migrant workers. 
dual or multiple citizenships because of much greater mobility in the world of globalization considerably weakened the notion of belonging and loyalty to one country. As Canada became ethnically diverse, as multiculturalism insisted that all cultures are equal and thereby denied any privileged position to liberalism supportive of individual rights and freedoms, the connection of these values to citizenship was loosened. Consequently, Canadians are acquiring new sensibilities that are more open to the world, more receptive of competing cultures, more inclined to accept policies adopted in international fora, such as the UN Agenda 2030, and adjusting domestic statutes to their diktats. These changes can only render older political foundations underlying traditional meritocratic values less relevant in the 21st century, to the detriment of all concerned.